people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboy! This is the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here is your host, Chicken and Waffles, Derek McCaw! Is that your new nickname? I guess it is, uh, Chicken and Waffles, here, here I am. Uh, indeed, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com, and we are podcasting from Cafe Stritch, and you can hear a jazz... A lovely jazz trio warming up in the background, so we're going to try to be fast. Uh, this is Thursday, June 20th, 2013. On this day in history, Batman Forever opened up. Wow. And, uh, Did that come up? How do you know that? Were you uh, scarred inevitably by that film? Uh, no, there's a different reason. We, uh, I wanted to talk about on the air. We're also at minus one month. Till you. That's right. Get, uh... You podcast on here as a, as a taken man. Nate Costa, in less than a month, will be off the market. Sorry, ladies. He's taken. Every public appearance we make, we'll have to have that flash through. So uh, we are Cafe Stretch, and uh, I've got uh, chicken and waffles, and Nate had a salad. And to my left, of course, is my fabulous announcer. I am Nate Costa. Indeed. And right across from me? I had a salad, too. Did you? You were just... Uh, I just ate it before you guys got here. Yeah, that's probably what happened. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Rick Brett Snyder. All righty. And so we've got a lot of comics news to talk about, a lot of movie news and uh, television news. I am a little embarrassed. I had said on the itinerary um, that we were going to have a – we had a, a fan letter. We had a letter from Ashley Fakaba. Oh, you sent it to me. Uh, if you know, somebody else could uh, bring it up because it's I probably not, can. My phone is at home. It was on my phone, and it does not seem to be on my phone right now. And you would think that – Ashley's name would show up, um, but no, it is not. Wait, oh no, I know why. It was replaced by a reply from Nathan Costa with the iPhone. What's it? I've got it. I've got it. Man of Steel thoughts. Yeah, from Ashley Fakaba because Nate replied and it said so. Should we do this in two part harmony? Because I got it on over here. All right, no. Dear fanboy planet, it's not a caddy. We've got fatty mail. I enjoyed your review for Man I enjoyed of Steel. Your review for no, Man don't of Steel. do this. You're, you do it enough accidentally to irritate the crap out of me. I do. <laughs> so, uh, I enjoyed your review for Man of Steel, and I'm most in agreement with your thoughts on the film. As for the ending, it fill- and we can talk about the ending, right? Well, yeah. spoilers are on if you haven't seen Man of Steel. Come it, back in about ten minutes. It fell a bit... Ten? We're going to argue that long? Yes. It fell a bit flat to me because of things that had come before it. Zod and Superman's entire fight blended together into this bland CGI punch fest, but both of them kept getting punched into buildings that were clearly inhabited. I wouldn't have had such a problem if they had duked out the remnants of that crater where the terraforming machine had been, or if Superman had taken the fight to somewhere less inhabited. But for the fight to take place in an area where Superman was endangering multiple lives just to have it come back around to him killing Zod 
over four visible ones just rang strange to me. I also had a similar problem with the fight that took place in downtown Smallville, where I kept thinking about all the civilians who had locked themselves into the stores. I'm willing to chalk it up to Zack Snyder finally giving into his id and going crazy with the CGI, so there are other instances of Superman putting the individual first in the midst of danger, such as with the military man who was falling out of the helicopter. Besides my gripes with the action sequences, I was mostly fine with everything else. In terms of Easter eggs for future sequels, did you catch the Supergirl wink with the open pod in the fortress Clark found? I think she also showed up in the prequel comic, though I do understand that doesn't necessarily mean she would show up in the future. Still, it's a door that WB can take. And, by the way, uh, Ashley's this is me commenting, since it's Warner Brothers, <laughs> yeah, it's a door they could take, but there's no door they could take that they'll successfully Let's just face open. It, they've already forgotten that door. Yeah. And on the issue of Jenny Olsen, I stuck around for the credits just to read her name, and the actress's only credit is playing Jenny. As always, it's great listening to you guys. Yours truly, Ashley Fakaba. Yeah. So, uh, one, thank you, Ashley, for writing in. Nice to hear from you sometime outside of Baycon. We always see her at Baycon, and yeah. uh, it's nice that she writes in. So, um, yeah. Nate, you saw, I, I'll, I'll up, because I was going to put, now that you know we have you back, we can talk about it with you here. So, we'll move, we'll move Superman right to the top. I did see it. Excellent. Uh, she know she said it was bland, a bland CGI fight. I disagree with the blandness <laughs> of the fight. I would disagree with that. Yes, it was a good fight. There were some parts that reminded me of a video game. It looked like Injustice or Mortal Kombat. But that being said, I mean we've seen the first five Superman movies. None of the fights were done at super speed, or no. you know, and that. Was awesome. It was the best final, and finally we have a fight. Although what it really was all out of Matrix, but um, right. You know. But Matrix was copying Superman. They just right. there were a lot of Matrix wrong. elements. We didn't get into that that much in the last podcast. Well, but the reality is um, that it was you know it's, when you saw the Matrix, you went, "Oh, it's the Superman fight." Boy. But not just the fighting part. I mean, the underwater the, um, the baby clones, the baby clones yeah. on Krypton. Oh yeah, yeah. and then all the. Um, all the all the malleable reality of Krypton felt right because it was right out of Ma- yeah. Matrix. I'm going in and out. But you got to get closer in. No, I'm going in and out in stereo. Like, my voice is popping back and forth in my head. In your mics? Or in your head? In my headphones. Okay. That just means that the, the connection down here is bad. We've got all new equipment except for the connectors. <laughs> You're right. I, these are the old connectors. How's that? I think better. Okay. Oh, so far so good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what else was Matrix? We were talking about Matrixy. Uh, well, the, I th- we were talking about this right after the episode. Um, after the episode, last oh. episode uh. about Superman super speed versus what potentially might be Flash's super speed. Mm-hmm. And I think that I like the fact that it was kind of a jerky super speed. It's almost like they could only do yeah. it in short bursts. So that because otherwise they might become uncontrolled, which leaves it open for Flash to be much more fluid right. and continuous, and that's that's his differentiating speed power. So I, I was happy with the Kryptonian speed. But again, that means Warner Brothers has to actually get their stuff together and do the Flash the way the Flash should be done. I agree. So and the chances of that happening are slim to none. But uh, this is all wishful thinking. Also, the. Metal the when when were the tentacles attacking Superman? That was the, he was on that the was ship, a, or that when was, he was that was the um, terraforming uh, right the world the gravity thing the world ship 
Because that would have been, I think, better saved for, for next episode. Exactly when Brainiac yeah. fights. Well, Superman. that's why I thought that, that was what they were when it, it, in Krypton. I thought that's what they were laying the, the groundwork for. But yeah, the they, is, they have been. I mean, it hasn't always been that way, but they have right. lately been saying that Brainiac's origin is in Krypton, right? And that but, it's not. He's not from some. It's not Kalu or whatever. No, they've gone back to Kalu. Have they gone back to uh, Kalu yeah, in Fifty Two? Yeah. Uh, they went back to it in Superman Unbound. They, it's been back to Kalu for some time. Okay. So it was it was really the animated series that made it Krypton, and then people just kind of because that was the coolest version of Brainiac, everybody stuck with that, you know. But it, but it, but now that's faded away. I'll get to Superman Unbound later. Okay. Um, but to answer what what Ash was saying about the damage and the damage people, and there's been a lot of criticism about that, and I've got to agree. I, I saw it again, and one of the things. That it was high in my mind, though, realizing Luke actually has no memory of watching Superman 2. But but there are echoes. Feora says what uh, what uh, Ursa says, uh, similar as she, you know, Ursa said, oh, the difference is he cares about them. Hmm, sort of like pets. You know, that's yeah. Ursa back in yeah. Superman 2. And in this one, she says, um, you are you are crippled by morality. We are not. And, blah, blah. and I'm like, but as I was watching, I was like, there really hasn't been any evidence in their encounters of a different morality because that criticism is accurate. Yeah. He makes no effort to take the violence right. away. Right. Like they crash into an IHOP long enough for you to recognize that really after a hard day of fighting Kryptonian villains, you want a Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity breakfast. Um, That's it's right. The IHOP Pete Ross manages. The, that, that Pete Ross manages. I don't. I don't mind that. I was like, you that know, when people complain about product placement, I'm like. Really? Because I'd much rather see them crash into a restaurant I recognize yeah. than make than give me fat bellies or burger belly burger or whatever belly. big belly that they have in the DC. Big universe. belly burger. Because that's what I hate in the DC reading the comics. It's like, oh, these products don't exist. Um, like, but or if you're gonna make it not real, make it like coming to America and make it almost real. Right. Yeah. But 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 what I but the objection really is is that he makes no effort to get away from the people. And the right. people are all cowering in their booths at the IHOP. And I'm like, really, either run, people, or Clark, get the hell out of the IHOP. <laughs> there was one thing that we talked about, and again, huge yes. spoiler, jump ahead a couple of minutes. If you've been happy with it so far, this one's the big one. The ending of the movie with, with Superman killing Zod. Well, that's the uh, pre-ending. My, my friend... The free ending. My friend Chuck Surface explained... That's, he, the, that's the climax. Uh, the ending is the denouement. Yeah. The... You're welcome. The death. <laughs> so he does He does a lot of uh, social work and stuff, so he was a little more sensitive to this. He said that that was a blue suicide. That Zon essentially decided that he was going to force Kal-El to kill him because he wasn't going to be able to deal with... The world, his situation, without I can, that, I can live with that. And the problem is, and I'm not even going to blame Zack Snyder. I might blame David S. Goyer. Uh, nah, you know, I can't. It's just that I think that that the that the requirements of a huge summer action film, what they don't require is subtlety, and and that's the problem. Is watching the second time, I did feel knowing what was coming that. The confrontation, uh, or that that his response after he's done it, yes. and Lois coming up is like, okay, you're starting to do this, but here I am, 
a film goer, not a summer movie goer. I'm a film goer, and there is a difference. If I may get even more pretentious, because we're in Cafe Stridge, a cineast, if you will. <laughs> um, oh, I went there. Um, I want to see a scene where he does, where he really deals with that. But by the by, the standards of an action movie that has to go worldwide, it's there. It's just not long enough for my taste. Yeah, you know, and who knows how much time has passed between that. And then the denouement of showing up at the Daily Planet, you know. So it's interesting because then Luke and I talked about it quite a bit uh, in the car afterwards. And I, oh, by the way, I took him to see an actual IMAX, not a FIMAX, not a fake IMAX. Went to the Dublin. Re- uh, Ooh, oh, oh, yes. Oh, oh, there you go. Oh, he was blown away. Um, and it really plays very well on an IMAX screen. Although you sit I, all the way in the back, third row from the back. Okay, you good. Know. Um, I, I know. And thank you. <laughs> and uh, but we talked about it, and he and I, I'm sorry. This is one of those moments that I'm proud and going like, "Wow, this is totally my kid." So he's nine, and we're talking about the ending. And I said, "You know, did that, was that weird?" Because he actually he did bring it up. He said it was kind of weird that Superman killed, because I have stressed to him Superman doesn't kill. Right. Um, and I want to say that Zack Snyder and David S. Goyer's justification in the press for why Superman kills is stupid. Have you read that? No, I have not. Well, they wanted an explanation for why does Superman have this code against killing? Oh, so, this is what does it? So you have to have him kill first. I'm like, uh, oh, I remember when my dad took me out for my first ritual homicide, <laughs> so that I would that know, so that I would know that killing when was you got wrong. caught with the cigarettes Moronic, behind because the barn. First of all, when my man is 33 years old, is not when he's going to accidentally kill someone. It's no, going to be gonna, when he's much younger. He's going to learn the morality. But, and it's probably going to be a dog or a cat. And not he's a not going to accidentally kill someone. He's not. <laughs> you know, because and I, cause I do think they do such a great job of, of, of selling me on this version of Jonathan Kent's concerns. Yeah. That it's like, why would you screw that up? Why would you think that was just because Christopher Nolan didn't want him to kill? And they argued. And nobody at DC wanted him to kill. And Zack Snyder and David S. Goyer, which to some is proof. They shouldn't have been the ones at the helm. I think Zack Snyder could have been the helm. I don't think David Esquire should have been the screenwriter of this. Okay. He's got too dark a sensibility for Superman. He's got a good sensibility for characters like Blade, the Punisher, those dark vigilantes. Batman, obviously. Right. He's got a sense of it. No, no question. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I'm sorry, there isn't a, there are writers that just aren't one size fits all. Jeff Johns didn't quite click at Marvel, but he clicks at DC. The you know? allure of Superman in today's comic world is he is the one who rises above. He is yeah. the he is the blue boy scout. He is the one yeah. who will who give us an aspiration to do better than we think the easy way would be. So, as a result of the ending, my son has reached a, f- a philosophy. Bear in mind, he is nine, and I'm quoting directly. Okay, okay. An incorruptible person knows death. A corruptible person gets everything they want. Okay, and he and he felt it's very that, zen. I'm gonna, I'm was, gonna go <laughs> contemplate that later. Well, it was you know because he said you know that's it. Zod wants yes. what he wants, you yes. know, and he. So I he was just thinking, you know, he was he was trying to make sense of why Superman would kill. Is that he understands he that he was trying to make Superman still moral in his mind. But you know, so I, I think it's brilliant. Have you bought him monk's robes yet? <laughs> I think I have. No, true. I had. He's a little scary. He's a little scary. We watched. Um, we watched Superman Unbound. She watched the Golden Child. I think it's we watched movie. Superman Unbound. This connector's still bad. We watched Superman Unbound, and at the end of that, we watched the trailer for Flashpoint for the next one. And I was explaining 
flashpoint to him. And he said, uh, because the trailer doesn't actually have any of the animation. It just has... Uh, hey, it's Flashpoint! It just has interviews and sketches and who's doing the voices and stuff. And which I think is really funny. Nathan Fillion's going to be Hal Jordan in the Flashpoint as well because they said like, they changed everybody else's voices. But Hal Jordan's pretty much Hal Jordan no matter what universe you go into. So it's got to be Nathan Fillion. But as I was explaining to it, I said, you know, all the violence and that's the Batman that does kill Thomas Wayne is the homicidal one. Yeah. Um, after we established an injustice that Batman just doesn't get corrupted. Hence his thing about death. And I said, but I explained the ending, you know, how, sorry, spoilers there from the comic book, that the Flash brings back the letter from Thomas Wayne to Bruce Wayne. Right. And he sits there and he goes, that sounds very touching. I think that I may cry if I watch that. (laughs) And then he stopped and he went, in fact, I think I might cry now. It sounds so touching. Wow. (laughs) So it's like... Wow, okay. He is your son. He is wow. my son. I'm so proud. And then we both cried. Uh, <laughs> so thanks, Ashley. Uh, cry with your son's always a good thing. Uh, I had bigger problems with the Zod scene than Superman killing him. Yes. My problem with the, what were there, four people in the family? Why didn't these morons walk around the corner when Zod's heat vision is slowly inching towards him? That's number one. Number two... Why is Zod looking straight ahead where his head is pointing instead of moving his eyes if he really wants to set these people on fire? Because if he was looking straight I th- ahead... I think when, you're, when your heat vision is going on, you, you can't move your eyes. I don't know. That's what I thought. All right. They do make a point of making it seem like the heat vision actually is very painful for them. Yeah. Even yes, Superman. That's true. Even Superman knowing what he's doing is like... There's a moment. So, I don't know. The other thing, when people complain about victims not running away... I go, no, I mean, honestly, in real life, if you are in that situation, you don't know what you're going to do. A lot of people freeze. Yeah. I say that as a man who's had a gun in his back. You freeze. Having a gun to your back, okay, I get it. But having, having heat a, vision five know, feet away from you. Somebody's that's got a gun on you or nearby you. you. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're not necessarily going to be the one to run and draw his gaze. You know? But yeah. you don't know. I don't. I don't ever blame a victim in a movie. It's like a that. good point to consider. I think. I think we should have. Uh, we should have Luke think about that one and come back to us. I think we should put Nate in a hostage crisis and see how well he performs. No, because a hostage crisis is, is again different than heat vision slowly creeping towards. Me. All right. Well, do you have any other insights? Because we did an hour and plus. I know. On this I listened last to the week. whole thing. I listened Great. to the first half hour before I saw the movie. And I finished it up after I watched the movie. And we Great. missed you. And we missed you. Yeah. We did. I could hear that in your voice. And you listened to it just the right way. I know. Pursuant to your Were you request. tempted to go on ahead when Absolutely we said Absolutely not. No. Once you said we're going to start spoiling the movie, I hurried to grab my phone and hit pause. <laughs> Good. Good. So it worked. It worked very well. Excellent. I can just see you across the room. No, no. <laughs> I don't want to hear this part. Where's the remote? The people. Okay. So what's next on our agenda? We got comics. Oh, yeah. Comic books? What I are do, those? I do want to acknowledge, uh, just up front, a guy that we all owe a huge debt to. Um, passed away this week. It's the age of 63. Uh, Kim Thompson. Yes. Who was the publisher at Fantagraphics and, and was the editor of, well, i got to say, uh, the uh, magazine that probably most influenced me more than Starlog, uh, Amazing Heroes. 
And one of the things that, that uh, Kim Thompson... I just came across a copy of Amazing Heroes yesterday. And one, a big magazine in the 80s, before Wizard, a yeah. much better magazine than Wizard all ever was. black and white inside. And, yeah, cheap, but it was actual good journalism. Oh, it was. And one of the people you know who got his first job in, in comics was Mark Wade, was the editor under Kim Thompson. So, you know, mm. he had a huge influence in the, uh, the business. That Mark Wade is a pretty good writer, too. He passed away from uh, cancer. After a long battle with cancer, and uh, but among the other things he discovered, which I like, is he was dedicated to both mainstream and the alternate. Very dedicated to bringing European com- albums to American translation, and he uh, published a book called Critters, which introduced Yusaji Yojimbo. I remember that. So discovery of Stan Sakai, and you know, I mean, really a very influential and one of those quiet names that most people don't don't know, but really did a lot for the industry. I'm trying to remember, there were a couple of other uh, long-running critters. Uh, anyway. No, that was the big one. No, so, no, yeah. So let's talk about... We were I gonna think talk Wendy about, Penny did one? Maybe. For critters? We were going to talk about Age of Ultron ending, but then we realized Rick and I didn't read number 10 yet. Um, and, and, it is, and it is a day over... It's overdue. It's just one day. So we'll read it for next week, and we will talk about... The we'll Age talk about the whole thing. And everything that changes. Yes. Um, Major changes. Uh, but we, we, there were a few books that we all enjoyed, so I want to bring them up. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy number three in specific, yep. with Rocket Raccoon on the cover, but really overall the series. Again, a check back in to say, uh, Rick emailed to us last week, did you guys read this? This is what it's all been building up to. And uh, we all agreed we'd read it. I read it last night and went, yep, 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 yep. yep. Rocket Raccoon homage to Wolverine cover. Yes. Yeah. I, oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Again, still loving the James Gunn still has not announced who Rocket Raccoon is, and he's just like he's tweeted a photo of him shaking hands with an actual raccoon, and it's like nice. <laughs> yeah, he's just messing with us. Who's the raccoon? Tell us. Uh, it's beca- going to be James Gunn himself because it's he could do it uh, because you know he's very funny in the specials as minute man. So, uh, but anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, so, Guardians of the Galaxy three. Uh, as I just said before the podcast, if you're not reading this book. One, you should be. And if you are reading this book, you are going to go just like insane with, when is this movie going to come out? Because it's going to be great. Every Tony Stark line is golden. That's, That's true. Like, That's true. And then you've got, but I love the raccoon. And then Groot. The, the <laughs> I'm just like, like, how is it? If this movie is successful, the film, <laughs> you realize that Marvel will have convinced everyone to make... A hero out of a raccoon and a tree. You will believe a tree can walk. Says I am Groot. (laughs) And if it says anything else in the movie, I am furious. I am furious. All right, to be played by Alec Guinness. I know he's not there. (laughs) Alec Baldwin, though. Alec Baldwin would be a good Groot. That would be. Um, That'd be awesome. (laughs) So I just loving Christopher Walken. Oh my! But just loving that book and really bitter. I've got to find. (laughs) How would that sound, Nate? I'm Groot. <laughs> That's pretty good. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, and I've got to find my point one issue. I know that I have the order. You know, it's just I, I'm, I'm I I love. In fact, I think you just sold me on a walk in his Groot. <laughs> <laughs> that will be great. Uh, so uh, and then last week, Cal came with Superman Unchained. Scott Superman Snyder Unchained with the most worthless insert of all time. Four dollars and ninety nine cents. So you can get a fold out poster that isn't a poster. It's That's two pages of pages. the comics oversized. Awkward to, I hated to that. open. Awkward to open, awkward to read, awkward to realize, oh, 
this is part of the story and and, uh, and almost pointless to read. Absolutely. Like nothing happens on those two pages. It's a big splash page and another big splash page. That could have just been <laughs> with, two splash pages with, in the comic. With print that's too tiny for it to really be a poster. Yeah. I think my problem is I I respect Jim Lee. I have never been and it's not a it's not I get why it's popular. It's a generational thing, Derek. Is it? I've just never been on the... I mean, I'm, I think he's a decent artist, but the whole... Everybody going nuts for it. You know? Um, I didn't like... I didn't like Hush all that much. I didn't like the, the previous time for all... Superman for all time. So or think Superman Hush for all seasons. Like, no, for me... Not for all seasons. The one he did with Brian Azzarello. The oh, Superman, previous that one Superman. I don't know. For me, Hush was kind of like his high point. He was really organic in that. And everything he's done since then has been kind of plastic and sterile. Yeah. It's, it's pretty. I mean, it's very it's very well thought through and very well executed, but it doesn't feel organic. Okay, I'll buy that. So, I'm, I'm willing to go with it, except that the storyline we were talking about kind of invalidates the rules of the new 52. Mm-hmm. Kind of. It spits in their face. By establishing that there was some kind of super-powered being that the United States government has been sitting on since the end of World War II. And apparently letting out every once in a while. To take care of things. Yeah. The Winter Soldier? Yes. But a powered Winter winter Soldier as opposed to just a Super Soldier. Yeah. So, I mean, if and it's not to say, if Scott Snyder, as the writer, had done that pre-New 52, that story would work great. Uh I would buy it. I would be fine with it. Um, And I'm going to be okay with it. I'm going to at least give it three issues to see if this is, because I trust Scott Snyder. I've enjoyed his Batman work. I enjoyed his Swamp Thing work. I want to see what will happen here. But um, but it's a story that fits better in the in the pre-new, in the old 52, if you will. Yeah. And uh, so, and at four ninety nine, that is pricey. That is just pricey for something that's, uh, you know. Or five ninety nine if you bought the bagged one with the digital comic. All right, so what I suggest people is wait two months and get it digitally for three ninety nine or yeah, Or two ninety nine Or yeah. wait even longer and get it out of a dollar bin because everybody <laughs> ordered so many to get all the yeah. variant covers. Fair enough. That everybody's going to have tons left over. Touche. Yeah. Touche. How about uh, Scott Snyder's writing on Batman? Zero year. Batman number 21. Did you uh, pick that up as well? I did pick that up. Refresh my memory. <laughs> uh, we see the Red Hood, uh, the Red Hood yes. gang. Yes. So it's pre-Joker. We see an interesting, different variation on Batman's evolution into Batman because there's like a street-level fight with someone and uh, with it looks like a, a gang of Jokers, like from Batman Beyond, and Batman's on a motorcycle. Yeah, He's yeah. wearing a T-shirt with the bat. I mean, thanks, Grant Morrison and Rags Morales. And everybody thinks, oh, everybody's first superhero shirt was a T-shirt. Was a T-shirt. That yeah. was awesome. You know, so. But uh, see Bruce Wayne up late at night with a gray T-shirt and a sharpie. Yes, and that's all he did. Fantastic. Dang it! I messed skill. up another bat. Have you, have you read, <laughs> like a whole bunch of have ruined you, shirts off of the right? <laughs> have you read Dial H? Uh, the latest issue of Dial H? I have not. It's actually on the top of my stack right now. Because there's a funny variation on the. You know, he has the, the through the window man, or yeah, or, the one that looks like a peeping tom man. Yes, yes, and he says because a bat, he has Batman's origin, but he goes, "I should become a window, open window man." That's what open he's going. Man. He goes, "I should become an open window." <laughs> a weird, was a there, weird Vertigo universe version. Was there a Dial H where somebody took 
the Flash's yes. powers. Yes. yes. So I'm reading the Flash, but I'm not reading Dial H, and it's like to learn more about this, read Dial H. No. Well, the implication, uh, I can go because I can say the, the history is true that in Robbie Reed's uh, series back in the '60s in House of Mystery, uh, at one point he dialed up Plastic Man because DC, your was, favorite hero, yes, because DC was trying to figure out if they'd just gotten the rights and if they wanted to, if people would enjoy Plastic Man in his own series. So, so uh, China Melville took this idea then that the, the dial could tap into existing heroes and what the implication now is the dial actually takes alternate universe yeah. superpowers and there have been a couple of cases where they've encountered people who've been ch- chasing them down because their civilizations were destroyed because their superhero was not able to access their powers at a crucial time but they're silly heroes we've never seen oh. before so it's a it's a very interesting sci-fi epic I believe it's been cancelled so if you get the true Two trade paperbacks. Yeah, when they collect those, I I, I couldn't recommend them. It's enough. intriguing great, writing. It's it's, it's a very different different type of book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and you know if it was a, if it was a straight up Vertigo book, yeah, it would have worked perfectly. I think so. Just like Astro City came back as a Vertigo book last week. Astro City number one, a new number one. Kurt Busiek and Brent Anderson with Alex Ross covers, and he makes it a Vertigo book. Yeah. Without compromising anything that was what Astro City was. On the other hand, I'm glad that Swamp Thing is not a Vertigo title because I loved the interplay between Swamp Thing and Superman that happened last issue. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. So, I'm, I, you know, so some changes. Hey, DC, we are happy with some of them. Yeah. Um, and I want to, uh, which as I said, Animal Man. I just wanted to, to say Animal Man number twenty one. Pick this up. I didn't like number twenty. They're talking about like because it, it it really is a goofy version of how Hollywood works. But number 21 totally pulled me back in by being an interesting what happens to a superhero in an age of social media. Really, really like the challenge that's coming up there with Jeff Lemire. So, um, again, really enjoying that work. And Steve Pugh is back on art. Really happy with that. Um, I picked up a book since since, uh, Nate's favorite movie adaptation is opening tomorrow, or really tonight, uh, World War Z. Uh, Oh, God, help us. Uh... Max Brooks has a, an original comic book or graphic novel, if you must serialize graphic novel, uh, coming out uh, this this week. It came out uh, called the Extinction Parade. Did either of you guys pick that up? <laughs> no. no. So an interesting story, uh, I, interesting idea, which I am kind of surprised nobody else has come up with. But that's hey, I'm, I'm all for Max Brooks getting it, which is the vampires. Realizing that in a zombie outbreak, which has happened over history, and they've oh. always dismissed it as like, oh, they call them the sub-dead. They're very dismissive of, of zombies, and they've never seen them, and blah, 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 blah. And then they realize there's an outbreak so big that they're going to kill off the food supply. Right. And, because you can't drink the blood of the zombie. There's another book that has that Vampires same versus zombies is what it is, basically? Basically. There's, awesome. there's actually a novel that has that same uh, theme to it. The, the, the okay, I is it a novel by Max Brooks? No, it's not. Oh. I just I picked it up on Amazon. It just came up recommended for well, me. Well, all right. And uh, now I'm blanking on the name of the, uh, the company that does the Night of the Living Dead books. Help me, help me, help me. And Bleeding Cool is sponsored by them. Uh, the company that does Night of the Living Dead? Yeah. Boom, IDW. No, no, it's a, it's not a, uh, it's not an A. Or, no, Avatar. Avatar Press. Avatar uh, Press. So. That was it, the next one I was going to say. So it's a, it's a, it's a good, it's a good yeah. book. 
And, they're, and they've got Alan Moore and Warren Ellis working exclusively for them, too. And now they've got Max Brooks. And, you know, basically when a guy who wrote one of the best-selling novels of the 21st century comes up with an original comic idea, you, you want to at least check it out. Yeah, and it was, yeah. I thought it was uh, well worth it. So, But don't check out the movie World War Z. Uh, no. Actually, I'm going to go see And why is it PG-13? Because that's the only way they would spend $200 million making the movie. I you, actually I, none of the commercials really show many I, situations where you'd see blood. Right, all, and that's exactly. the thing. And that's the they're thing, so pulled pulled so far back. I've heard it's very bloodless, and uh, I read on the AB Club this morning the ending. So if you'd like me to spoil the ending for you off the oh, air, I, oh. I, Nate, I will when we go back to the parking lot. Um, I'll hold your hand together, and talk you through it. <laughs> um, and uh, as we predicted, um, the first major uh, we talked about at uh, Baycon, the Kindle Worlds. Yes. Uh, Valiant has gone into li- license. So you can write fanfic about Exo Man of War and uh, oh, really? Uh, Isn't it just Man Archer, of War? Archer, uh, man, uh, maybe Archer and Armstrong and Harbinger and all those guys. I think we're okay. Uh, turn that microphone off. It's we'll be all right. <laughs> so they start in um, twenty minutes early. I knew they were going to. I knew they were going to. But that's all right. Um, anyway, so they've joined Kindle World, so you can write fanfic about. Uh, about the Valiant Universe, so I thought that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, so let's move to movies. We talked about uh, Man of Steel. Do you want to say it's a happy day in fandom because uh, Robert Downey Jr. announced yes. that he has signed for Avengers two and three. We yes. can all sleep. So they're giving him billions of dollars. Oh yes, obviously. I'm pretty much sure, and I believe he has the right. I believe to they're giving him part of Disneyland. Oh. Uh, well, he has a small corner he of the Tomorrowland. Uh, uh, he has a small corner of it now. Because if Disney is smart, they say that they're only going to have the Stark Expo up until September. Forever. But they just need to take away the Iron Man 3 poster and just right. leave it up. Because, please, every kid is like, once they realize... Because it's poorly advertised in the park. Yeah. Like, if you don't know it's what you're... It's poorly advertised outside of the park, too. If you, if you don't know what you're looking for and where to look for it, you don't stumble in. But I walked in there, and you see a bunch of kids just slack-jawed, and they are facing their hero in a good way. You know, it, it's like, I want to go there. It's the only, you know, I mean, it's the only reason anybody wants to go into Innoventions now. Aren't you going to have your honeymoon at Disneyland? No. Oh. You sound a little disappointed. I'm you sorry. blew it, dude. No. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I think we hit going the to proverbial Marine. sore spot. We're going to Marine World. <laughs> No. <laughs> Where are you going? Uh, we want to go to Hawaii, but... Oh, okay. There's a Disney resort there, too. I don't want to go to Disney Resort. I want to go to Stark Expo, Derek. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, anyway, uh, so... And then last week we didn't mention... We could have. They, you know, I saw This is the End. Did you see This is the End? No, not yet. I want to see, see that. Okay. I will probably see it this weekend because I have... Uh, Gift cards to AMC theaters. All right. I'm feeling a little, it was a little mediocre, but I'll let that go. I'll let you see it. We'll talk later. Ethan Which Van one is that? Skyver said he laughed through is that the, the whole one, thing. Is that the one yeah, where... Well, well, Ethan Van Skyver, um, we have our disagreements, <laughs> yes. shall we say. Is that say the one that. that could be named Satan Wants to Date My Girlfriend? No, no. That's that's, uh, that's Rapture Palooza. Rapture Palooza. This is so the end. This is, is the, the one, one with James Franco. It's like we're all stars in real yes. life and we're playing ourselves. We're yeah. Hollywood stars playing ourselves. And Which some of it is very funny. Michael Sarah playing ver- the version of Michael Sarah that's on, on this film. Is hilarious because there's no way that's who Michael Sarah is. Yeah, you know um, and the scene with. Uh, I think I think probably the Hermione reason, Granger. The, I think the problem that I had with it was that 
Danny McBride was hilarious. too much like Danny McBride in every movie he's in, and so the real one is like well, well, too in, much like Kenny Powers. In, in real in real life, that's um, that's not funny. That's uh, <laughs> oh my god! But there is a punchline involving it, which I I, I, I grant them. Uh, made me laugh really hard. So, you know, maybe I didn't hate it as much. Um, Thinking about the movie after seeing it, I didn't hate it so much. It has three really good sequences. It really does. And and so, I guess in a Is summer... Is worth 11 something, Yeah, maybe. Because a couple... Yeah, two of them are funny enough that I'd say maybe in a, in a comedy... It's just that I want more. And the problem is that because it's the team that did Superbad, which I thought was a brilliant film. Yeah. And that set the expectation high. And then, like, I don't think Pineapple Express is as funny as a lot of people no. do. And I and then this is still the kind of – it's just too – it's too much of a slacker. They're not working hard enough to make me laugh. Whereas Superbad, they really did. There was a lot of insight. There was a lot of – you know, so yeah. they're yeah. they're depending upon the the constant gag to get them through everything. But they're not it, even con- there's not even constant gag. It's the, they're depending on their charm to make people laugh. Okay, and for long sequences, and that just doesn't work for me. But when they try, oh, that's funny. You know, yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but Hasbro unleashed a true evil upon the world last weekend. <laughs> I did not notice <laughs> because this. it was in limited release, but it's going to happen. Uh, okay, ready? Well, you know about the Bronies, right? Yes. What about the bronies disturb you? And if you're listening, My Little Pony, uh, a brony is someone who is, is a, a man. man, a man who likes My Little Pony. A bro. A bro. Likes. I'd say, yeah, I guess 18 and over is a man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so um, Hasbro released an animated film in limited release, which will be coming to home video soon. Uh, I believe Shout Factory is actually distributing it, first attempt at theatrical. Um it's called Equestria High, in which some of the ponies get magically transformed into buxom teen girls. Wow. <laughs> what? Animated. Yes, which is maybe the only thing that's saving It's not even saving it. Because what? I, I'm sorry. Um, you know, as these girls try to Do be they still act up, like ponies? Uh, I, look, Rick. Nah. Um, you're asking more than I want to know, um, because the thing is, you know that there was a brony out there that just went, oh, yeah. uh, hearing that. So, um, uh, that'll get us an explicit rating just for the sound effect of a brony finding out about Equestria High. Like they're finding out. They already knew. They demanded it. Wow. So, um, I feel that an evil has been unleashed and it was not, this is the end. But maybe we do deserve the apocalypse as it a result is, it of this. Is kind of, it is kind of one of those ultimately corrupt ideas. But I think you'll be happy with the next piece of news. Oh, good. That the creator of Bioshock, yes. at, uh, Ken Levine, is rewriting Logan's Run. Is now the screenwriter of, wow. of that film adaptation. Did you know that Blue Water has been doing Logan's Run books? Yes, for I, I do know that. I've been trying to get get a hold of them. They're you know not available anywhere that I right. Find. They even do audio books. Yeah, they, I, I've seen that too. Yeah, is Blue Water the ones that do the biographies? And, and you want Adam, to read these? And comics? Adam West. Well, I'm a big Logan's Run fan. I know. William but do you Nolan think Blue Water will do it justice? Well, here's the only. Thing I, I've seen some pages. They didn't look bad. And thing. you know, the other thing was, I read the Stephen King um, 
the Stephen King book that came out like last week or something. I got the digital download of it, and that was actually really good too. So I don't think they're incapable of doing good work. This is most of the time I really don't want to read about the Cardassians in a comic book. <laughs> what? Ironically, the Kardashians do. How's but that? Can't. How's that chicken and waffle, Derek? It's delicious, <laughs> though getting colder. The things I do for my fans. <sighs> anyway, the next thing is. Um, that, no, uh, you were talking about Logan's Run. There's a, there's a. There's not much to say except that there is no, uh, there's no director attached right now. A lot of people have been attached and have left the project, so now it's all on Ken Levine. I think it's a good choice. Bioshock has a weird feel to it, and it, all of them. No, do. I think it'd be great. A great, so, great choice. I think it could be. It could and be Bill, really good. Bill's been waiting for this film to be made for a long time because he's got a hunk of money that comes to him when they finally go into production. Right, and he's not getting any younger. He's not getting any younger. So, um, but he's still up and around. He's a great Sony guy. announced uh, they're going to do Amazing Spider-Man three and four, and and as a result of this, they've cut Mary Jane Watson from two. <laughs> wow, they're putting her off. Even though they filmed, wow. you know, so yeah, it makes perfect sense. And then, did you see who they That's cast a stay of execution. for Black Cat? No, no, sorry. Uh, Felicity, Felicity something or Felicity other. Jones, Felicity Who's like ten years old. Felicity, hot, hot, hot. Uh, she's not ten years old. Oh, all right. <laughs> Don't tell me that. Careful. After I said Felicity, hot, hot, hot. Oh my God. No, she's like. 20, 21. Oh, all right. She looks older to me than the girl they cast as Mary Jane Watson. Probably only saw her from the side. I saw a video <laughs> interview with her on something, you know, so. My God, you're horrible. All right. Welcome back, Nate. Now you cut that part out. Okay. <laughs> and Universal has confirmed what I think people, we sort of knew before, but it's now moving forward. The Lock and Key film trilogy. Excellent. On the heels of Lock and Key finishing up as a graphic novel series. Finally. Now we get the film trilogy, so. Congratulations, Joe Hill. Roberto Ar- It's uh, a great story. It's Roberto a- Orsi and Alexander Kurtzman are producing. So uh, congratulations, Joe Hill. I'm sorry, Rick. It won't be anywhere near the movie in your head uh, because what is? they suck. Uh, no, they don't. Um, uh, so I would also like to we can move to television. Um, Microsoft back down. I just wanted to say that Xbox One is a slightly less douchey machine now than it was. This is tell- this is video games. This is. Yeah. But I'm going to wait. Video game thing. Movies. Well, actually, I can did tell we you talk about the Lego Movie yet? No. Did you just watch the trailer for the Lego Movie? Yes, and it looks Will awesome. Will Arnett as Batman. Yes. Perfect. I would like Will Arnett to just play Batman. <laughs> wow. No, did you see the trailer? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, my oh, God, it's great. so good. And especially uh, Morgan Freeman is like the... The wizard The prophet thing. wizard Lego guy. And he says, like, we're calling to order all the people. And blah, blah, blah. and there's like, 1980-something space guy. <laughs> yeah, 1980-something so, space guy, the blue guy with the Saturn on him. Yeah, and then... And then the, the 2000-something All-Stars. Yeah. And it's got, like, Shaq and some other NBA players. And then Batman, Legos. Superman, and Wonder Woman are there. Why don't you guys post this thing to Facebook or something? I don't know. Because everybody else was. I missed it. Well, I'm sorry. If, if Jason Salzar doesn't post it, you, I don't know. You have more than two friends. I, I know you do. I have five. So. All right. And hundred. I'm and very th- picky. And three are just pretending. I'm very picky. Uh, so, um, anyway. Uh, so can puppets. we go to it? Uh to the Xbox One, they, yes, they Xbox backed One. off. Yes, you don't need to be online all the time. Right, you can share games. So you have they're to they're be not online at least an hour a day. No, no, you don't. You don't have to what? Not at all. No, you have to be online when you register the machine, and that's it. After that, you can play games without being but, online you know, ever I again. I can't believe that it took 
all the public shaming to do that. Because that was just like, I'm sorry, and I know you used to be associated with this company. That was an evil empire move for the beginning. Like, we shall control. And, you know, I've talked about this. Is Technology and gaming is going yeah. into a have and have not uh, situation, and you cannot do that. Because people don't have – there are a lot of people in this country that don't have access to decent Internet, but they play games. And they're kept calm. By playing games. So don't let those boys out on the street. Do you need to play a game, Derek? I might. I'm going to go home and play Injustice. Uh, I, you know, I it, still it, haven't played it yet. It wasn't so much about making money. It was about not losing it to piracy. That's basically Well, I understand it. the anti-piracy thing, but Sony's argument about the selling used games was perfect. It's like there's an economy there. Yeah. And the other thing is gamers sell their games, take that money, and buy new games. Yes. Well, I and not only I, that, I didn't agree with that. I understood why they did it, but why they tried to do it. What? You, sir, and I elaborated. And I'm happy that first they, they came I, for the PS3 players. I'm happy and you weren't that they a player, so you said I, nothing. I was pretty sure they were going to from the word go. What other thing can you not resell? I mean, what other thing that food. you resell? Okay, food goes bad. Uh, if you buy a comic Speaking book, up. and the value of that comic goes up, and you resell the comic. Does the creator get you can't part of resell that two your grand? digital comics? Exactly, but those aren't worth anything. So the value of a digital comic can't go up. Well, why is it not worth anything? Because the value can't go up because it's always going to be in pristine condition on the internet for ninety nine cents. Right. As but if you have a physical comic there. and a comic shop has, a but I might not, I might not be selling it for the same amount or more than I bought it for. I may be just selling it again. There are very few video games that you sell for full or even even half price back to somebody else. Usually, they go for a quarter or less of the original price when you sell them to a shop that then resells them sure, for half price. Exactly. So, so they're not, losing money. So, but you could say the same thing with digital books. You, know, you could, you're not necessarily going to buy it new but you can sell it to somebody else the problem is control over that you can't sell that book two or three times so these are these are the technical problems with digital digital works and more and more of these games are not going to be distributed on disc they're going to be downloaded there's a lot of stuff that well then you, that's that, the way around reselling your games if you don't have a game right in your hand to sell somebody how are you going to resell it that's that's just it i can't uh, go to GameStop so for example and buy internet the latest versions of the uh the nintendo handheld do not have cartridges everything is downloaded from their web over a wireless connection for the handheld i don't mind but i think for the playstation and the xbox and the wii all those things they shouldn't be downloadable for for uh, well, they can be downloadable right i'm fine with that option but there should be a hard disk option, and the reason is that little kids go over to play and they take their game. I understand. And they swap, and that's why. Like, and I thought, you know, the actually in Xbox you can log in on someone else's machine, so there's the potential. Assuming they have, assuming, assuming they have a connection, they have a connection. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry, that is a bigger assumption than most people think it is. Okay, um, but. I mean, that's the genius of, again, Skylanders. You know, kids take the physical toys over and they, and they can still play the game. Right. Which, by the way, pre-ordered Skylanders Swap Force coming in October. <laughs> Got my email from so Toys R Us saying, He's so proud. saying we didn't get our Disney Infinities in. I was no. like, well, no, we knew they weren't coming in in June. Uh, but, they, you know, we'll still get those in August. And uh, So, um, what have you, you've pre-ordered just the starter kit, right? That's all you can do at Toys R Us. And then, you, and then when you pick it up, 
you'll get a free figure. Yeah. And that's what I had to do with Swap Force, the same thing. They give you a poster and a figure from Skylanders. I, I decided to go incredible, so I bought the starter kit and I pre-ordered this is incredible, and uh, the, the two kids. And well, I'd like to say our one. good friend Jason Salazar pre-ordered everything. Everything, yeah, of course. So, uh, yes. If he did not, I would be upset. Because, the most, you know, the most Jason unha- is why the terrorists hate us. The most unhappy man <laughs> in the world with the most toys of anyone. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm He's not unhappy up. because of his toys. I know. That's not what we were saying. No. We were not, that was there not, are some things toys can't cheer you up from. I see. Or whatever. <laughs> no, 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 no. They can't, especially if you keep swallowing them and passing them. Through. So, um, and True Blood <coughs> returned this week. That was a pretty awesome episode. I'm glad that it's back. Uh, and of course, you and I are in hog heaven because Venture Brothers is three weeks in. And they sat on those because those were all copyrighted in 2012. Um, yeah, they, they did a lot of production. That show does not get produced in order of, in the sequence that it gets shown. No. So, like the, uh, the Halloween episode was done while they were doing other stuff. If, you, if, you, if you're on their blog or, or their Facebook page, you get a little insight as to how they go about doing this stuff. But, yeah, they, sit, they, they, they basically, they, they produce the whole, whole series and then they broadcast. Okay, I'm for it. Although what I noticed was that there was a, the last two episodes divided up. One was a Jackson Public episode, and yep. one was a Doc Hammer. Yep. And they, you know, so that they. Could but it do, doesn't mean those are done exclusive of the other person's input and stuff. Oh, no, I'm glad because they, they, they were still extremely hilarious, and uh, I'm overall so glad it's back. Yeah. So so glad it's back. And uh, we, I was say we were going to talk about uh, Infinite Crisis. Let's just say it exists at the moment. Realize that uh, Rick and I are beta testing. Infinite Crisis, I think that much we can say. And Who's this Rick guy? No. Uh, and then eventually we'll be able to talk about it on air. So yep. I think we pulled this in at a reasonable amount of time. Yep. And so. uh, I got nothing else, Nate. Other than Nate, it's so good to have you back at the table with us. Other than when I move to L.A., can we FaceTime me in for this? Does oh, this yeah. newfangled? Probably. We'll figure, we'll, we'll figure it out. Hook up to your iPad. We'll figure it out. The, uh, the other thing I was going to mention that I don't think I've talked to you about is that Meteor Press has a new um, Patricia – is it, is it, it is a Pat Savage book. They had done the Evil of Pemberley House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the new one is the Something of the Jaguar that's coming out. I think you had told me something it's about that. really pretty cool. I'm glad that the pulps are there. I'm afraid, again, I just look at my stack of books that I have not yet gotten to. Oh, One. oh, 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 oh. If what? you're looking for an look absolutely beautiful, heartbreaking story that you can probably read in one sitting if you really sit. Equestria High, the novelization. <laughs> the Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman. Ah, there you go. So, I saw your so post. good. You cried like Derek McCaw. I cried. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was literally like this. I'm perfectly fine. I turn a page. I read the next paragraph, and I feel the tears coming out of my eyes. And for a while, I'm not even sure why. It's just Gaiman, he weaves a spell with this book. He literally weaves a story spell into your heart and then he pulls all the strings at once and I highly recommend it. Rick go. has tears in his eyes right just now. Right now. Like, you gotta get away from the electronics. <laughs> I, to quote my son, 
I fear this might be touching. <laughs> I don't know if I want to cry yeah. yet, Daddy. <laughs> so let me take a breath first. Um, let's if you, okay, if, I'm yeah. ready to cry. <laughs> yes, if you know, he was not made to cry by Super. I forgot to mention Superman Unbound. So I finally watched Superman Unbound, the animated last, the latest animated film. I don't know why they can't do a good Brainiac. John Noble was a perfect voice. It was the mo- it was just so. Oh, you mean in this in this? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, but but because the other Brainiac, they've done like Brainiac attacks. Only the animated series has done Brainiac well. It was just not that. I didn't like the character design. I didn't really like the voices. So you're saying the animated series has done it well, but none of the, the animated series did it very well. But this this animated movie, Matthew Bomer is Superman. It's kind of like a. It's such generic voice. Yeah. All the voices are just generic, except for John Noble as Brainiac, who's, you know... So the fringe. voice is good, but the character, it, it yeah. look is terrible. And then terrible. the design is like this stretched out anime look they're trying for again. And it's like, I don't want that. I mean, if you're, get, if you're adapting, say, a graphic novel by Gr- Gary Frank, which I think was the artist of the original art, well then how about trying to make it look like Gary Frank's art? I mean, you tried for yeah. some people. Wait, why would they do that? Because it worked in... Uh, well, uh, I mean, it the works Batman, a little easier for, for, for New Frontier. Yeah, New Frontier. And it maybe worked Knight better Returns. for The Dark Knight Returns. But, I mean, you can. I mean, that's one of the things we liked about those. And uh, so I'm just a little... I was I, I was underwhelmed by it. I, and, and the extras were underwhelming as well. They weren't, you know... So, anyway... Can I borrow that? Yeah, you may. I'm sorry. I should, I've left it on my... <laughs> I should have left it on, on my desk. Borrow for, let Rick borrow stuff. On the chair in my office of let Rick borrow this stuff. So anyway, if you've got questions, compliments, commentary, criticism, things that will make Rick or Derek cry, yes. write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. I know what will make Nate cry. His wedding day. He'll be blubbering. It's true. Yes. yes. It's true. <laughs> and probably for about a month afterwards. He'll be in Hawaii going, I wanted to go to Disneyland and see Stark Expo. Uh, so... I am. Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes if you haven't already. Subscribe, review it, rate us, tell your friends. Listen to us on the Stitcher app. Listen to us at www.fanboyplanet.com. Friend us on Facebook. That's right. We will uh, see you next week. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief. I am Dave Costa, and I'm Rick Bretsnyder, reminding you to use, use your powers only for good. They wanted to go to Disneyland. <laughs> Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. It was Slim Whitman in the Indian Love Song in Mars Attacks. I posted it on my Facebook. Yes, it was. What's your unanimate? Hello, greetings, salutations. Going to be talking about comic books and movies and TV shows. We are. Games and chicken and waffles with french fries instead of coleslaw. New headphones. Ooh. And wow. 
No Jim McCann. No. Did he ever tweet back? No. Of course not. Why would he do that? Okay, now that you got a headphones on, I can bring your, your voice up a little bit now. We'll hear you. All right. I've, ooh, I feel very sharp in my own head. I also feel like I need to raise the microphone just a little bit. Probably a little bit. Raise the balls, Rafone. The what? Balls. Raise the balls? What is wrong with you tonight? You're just Mr. Filthy Mouth. Go away for a few weeks? Yeah. Where'd he go? We don't know. I went to New York. I went to... You did? Where'd you go to New York? Albany, actually. I went to Bolton Landing, New York. Upstate New York. See any plays where you there? No. Did no? absolutely nothing for two days and went to a wedding on the third day. It's great. We're going to have the uh, band tuning up behind us. Yes. Providing weekend. It's 7, 6, and... Uh, mm-hmm. little ambiance. They're supposed to start at 8. Right. So the clock is ticking. I know. But I pulled us all the way back here. I thought about going upstairs, but the ceiling up there, I'm pretty sure, bounces it down a lot more than this one because we're down, we're at a lower ceiling but further back from it. So, right. All right, Nate. Go ahead, I'll just munch occasionally. <laughs> All right. Bob Ready, what you are? Chew and Derek McCaw. You ready? Nope, I need to get my, I need to refill this other. I could even put a metronome on it. For I'll one drag out it out. You're going to drag, drag it, out? it out for when Derek comes back. Derek's going to Whenever gone, you're ready. Gone to get food. You try no, I think we'll wait until he gets back to start. And here is Derek McCaw. Beat. Beat. No, I wouldn't Beat. even get to that yet. I would still be saying fanboy. Oh, okay. You want to do it now, then? Let's do it. Go for it. Are you recording already? I'm recording right oh, now. Oh, my goodness. So we're back to outtakes. Okay. Let's hear you first. Let's get, let, let, all right, I feel good. I'm uh, going to bring up good. the uh, itinerary. You sound good. Is it going to be in stereo? So if I go to your microphone, it'll come. No, it won't. Speaker. It won't be in stereo. It's going to be mono. Mm. All right. I, I could make that. it stereo, but I, I won't do that gimmick then. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, listen up, Planet Podcast, and here is your host, Chicken and Waffles, Derek McCaw! Is that your new nickname? I guess it is, uh, Chicken and Waffles, here and here I am. Uh, indeed, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are podcasting from Cafe Stretch, and you can hear a jazz, a lovely jazz trio.